Did you know that some studies have shown that four-year-olds ask anywhere from 200 to 300 questions per day? <laughs> it's no wonder we're all exhausted. <laughs> Hi, hello. Welcome back to another episode. I'm Dr. Jasmine. I'm a clinical psychologist as well as a mom of two. And you know, around here we talk about everything from child development to positive parenting and our own mental health as parents. So welcome, welcome back. Um, in this episode, I'm going to be talking about the six common parenting phrases that a lot of us use uh, more often than we like to admit, but that often backfire. Okay. So these are the phrases that I want you to stop saying in 2022 and beyond. Okay. We're just, we're just going to stop saying them. Okay. Or at least we're going to catch ourselves as we're saying them. And then we're going to say something different. Okay. So I'm going to break down what these phrases are, right? Why we often say these phrases, why it backfires and then most importantly, okay, what do we say instead? Okay, so let's dive in. Uh, before I dive into this episode, I just want to quickly shout out that I have a free discipline workshop called How to Get Your Child to Listen to You Without Yelling. It is completely free. It walks you through my research-based formula that I have developed over years of being a psychologist and working with children and families just like yours. Um, and it's about how do we get our child to actually want to cooperate? How do we increase the likelihood that they follow our directions without having to do all the things that we hate? Okay, so it breaks down how to connect with your child and then how to um, how to just break it breaks it all down. Right. And how to give a consequence that's respectful, but also very clear and very direct and very effective. Okay. Again, completely free, no strings attached. Go to themompsychologist.com forward slash workshop to tune into my workshop. All right, let's get into the six phrases we need to stop saying, okay? The first one is, okay? <laughs> the first one is, okay? Go put on your shoes, okay? Go sit down at the table, okay? right? Please go put on your tennis shoes. Okay. Put on your coat. Okay. <laughs> Adding that okay at the end of whatever we are saying to our child, whatever instruction, I will say, whatever instruction we add an okay at the end of it. Now, why do we do it? I think a lot of times we're trying to be polite, right? We're not trying to feel like we are barking orders at our little ones that we are you know telling them what to do every five seconds right we want to kind of be polite about it right uh we want to be nice and we're trying to see if they're going to cooperate right we're like okay <laughs> that's the kind of like energy it gives like are you are you going to cooperate i don't know okay <laughs> let me find out right so oftentimes we fall back on those things a lot of times it's just a habit right we're just the way that we talk and um, we don't even realize that we are saying it in the moment. So start to catch yourself, okay? <laughs> um, and why does it backfire, okay? Why does it backfire? Well, it frames instructions like a question, right? It frames instructions like an option, right? 
um do you want to do you want to go put on your tennis shoes right i don't know let me ask you right i'm gonna ask you a question okay right or often we'll, we'll we won't say okay but we'll say hey can you go put on your tennis shoes or can you go sit down at the table and you know I'm not saying that all instructions, uh, you know, for some instructions, it makes sense, right? Because it is an option or it, it is um, an idea that we are proposing to our child to do. But a lot of the times we in our own, from our own perspective, it's not an option, right? It's more of, I need you to go put on your shoes because we're about to go head out for school or whatever, right? I need you to go sit down at the table because it's dinner time. And that's not, that's not an option, but we're framing it like it is, like it is a question. Um, and so that's why it often back, back, backfires is because our little one registers it like it is an option, right? And then it gives them an option. Do I want to cooperate or not? And, you know, if it doesn't fit in with what I'm trying to do, I'm not, you know, I'll get to it when I get to it. Okay, so instead, very subtle, but very powerful, and I talk a lot more in depth in the actual workshop, my discipline workshop, uh, but it, it, the very powerful way to switch this around is to just put, please go sit down at the table. Please go put on your shoes. Please go to the potty. Please go sit over there. Please go pick out a book. Please take down, take off your pants. Whatever it is, right? Please X, Y, Z. Just drop the okay, drop the can you, and just leave it as a complete sentence and a very clear instruction, okay? And bonus tip, just put one instruction at a time, okay? Don't, please go sit down and do this and do that and do that, okay? <laughs> one at a time okay especially if you have a very little one and especially if cooperation is something that they're working on right one thing at a time yay thank you so much for listening all right now go do this or you know do it with them <laughs> bonus tip there okay so that's the first one we want to stop saying is okay okay the next one we want to stop saying is use your words, right? Your child is getting frustrated. Your child is starting to get aggressive with you or a sibling or a peer. And you get frustrated and you say, use your words, use your words, right? Why do we do this? Well, we feel overwhelmed, right? And in our mind, we're registering this as an emergency, something that needs to stop. And you know, if it's aggressive behavior, it is something that needs to stop in the moment, right? If they're doing something unsafe, it is something that we need to, you know, interact, um, not interact with, but something that we need to intervene and, um, you know, keep everybody safe. But a lot of the times it is not an emergency, but we're registering it as an emergency, right? The alarm bells are going off. They're starting to whine. <laughs> They're starting to tantrum. And we're like, ah, use your words, right? Use your words. I'm getting overwhelmed and I need you to stop, right? So oftentimes we use that phrase because we need them to change their behavior or we're getting overwhelmed by their intense feelings, and we don't want to hear it anymore, right? We don't want to hear the crying. We don't want to hear the whining uh, or whatever it is, right? And we just want them to use their words and just be able to move on from the situation. Now, why does it backfire? Because often, and really the whole 
thing of the, the the whole point of the phrase is to instruct them to use words but often kids don't have the words to use right if i need us to start operating from a principle that if our child could do better they would very simple but very powerful if my child could do better they would <laughs> that so the fact that they're not doing better just tells me they can't right it's not that they're just don't want to behave well it's that something's going on right something's going on with them there's an un, there's a skill that they haven't learned there's something that they're trying to tell me and i need to i need to understand it first right and i need to guide them through this interaction okay so it backfires because we're not teaching them the words to use and so what happens is it comes off to them like we are shutting them down right we're barking an order at them use your words as an order right use your words right and so then they get even more overwhelmed and it just increases the likelihood that they do the thing that we're trying to get them to stop doing so it just is this like cycle okay so uh what to say instead we want to just often just give them the words <laughs> so if we have that urge to be like use your words use your words give them the words what are the words what are the words that they need to say say those words and and guide them through it right encourage them to say those words so you know you seem frustrated right now at brother tell brother what you don't like right tell brother what you need okay and if you listened into last episode i taught you uh 10 plus phrases to start to teach your child one of them being space right tell brother you need space right instead of use your words with brother right it's tell him you need space space please right tell him you don't like that and what you don't like right <clears throat> oftentimes they, they need a break <laughs> from each other and so they can say that um so or you know i i think you're trying to tell me that you need a snack you can say snack please right or it seems like you're trying to say x fill in whatever x is is that right do i have that right am i on the right track okay then that's what you, this is what you can say right so again let's get rid of use your words and actually just start giving our children the words that they need okay assuming that if they knew how to do better they would okay okay next phrase we are dropping this year is was that a good choice or why did you do that right <laughs> i hear this one a lot right why did you do that so your child has just done something to get on your nerves right um they've made a bad bad choice <laughs> They made a bad decision for i'm using air quotes here because i hate to put labels on things but you get what i'm putting down right you're picking up what i'm putting down they've done something that we don't like and our immediate gut reaction is to ask them you know was that a good choice why did you do that right now why do we say this well we're we're frustrated <laughs> we're triggered uh it, this is what it comes down to right we did not like it and we're triggered and we're lashing out in anger but i think what it also comes down to is we're trying to get them to own up to their mistake we're trying to get them to reflect 
on the decision that they made. We're trying to get them to see how that was not a good decision so that they won't do it again, right? I think that's what our underlying purpose is, right? We're, we're trying to enact change in the situation by trying to help them reflect. But why it backfires is that it often doesn't get them to reflect it induces shame and guilt right it, it induces that feeling of i'm bad right oh my god i just made a horrible mistake and now i'm a bad kid right and then that just the shame starts building up right and we can't make good decisions when we feel bad about ourselves right or and it's hard for us to reflect just think about for yourself right isn't it hard for your for you to reflect on the choices that you're making when you feel really ashamed of what you did right it often brings us into this defense mode right well i just had to do it right you weren't listening or they weren't doing what i told them to do or they were getting in my space or whatever it is right we get defensive right we start to um reason with why we made the choices that we made when we feel like somebody else is judging us right when we feel ashamed and, and uh, uh for a decision that we made so that's why it backfires, right? And also framing impulsive actions as choices gives the assumption that they're just, they were trying to, that, that that's what they meant to do. They were trying to be bad. They were trying to make choices, right? When oftentimes that's not the case. It was an impulsive action um, and they didn't think it through, right? It wasn't an intentional thing. I'm going to hurt your feelings, right? I'm going to hurt you. It's that they got overwhelmed and they did something very impulsive. And then what happens is we see that impulsive <laughs> behavior and then we get impulsive and we impulsively ask them these rhetorical questions, right? Why did you do that? I'm like, uh, I don't know, right? And then it's like, so then what happens, right? When, when they're like, okay, and then they start to probably defend themselves, right? Or they just say like, I don't know, right? And they, or they start to just cry, right? It's like, okay, well then what is the plan? What, where is the teaching, right? So why don't we just cut to the chase, okay? <laughs> Cause there's not a lot of direction in this question. There's none, right? Um, they say, you know, no, it wasn't a good choice. And then what? And then what do we do about it, right? How, where is the teaching again? So what to say instead? I want you to focus on their impact of their choices. Focus on that. When you see them make a choice that you would have rather them not do, right? Focus on the impact. What was the impact of that choice, right? What do you observe? Go into just observing mode. Wow, I saw that you did this and then this happened, right? It looks like she's sad. It looks like he's upset. Um, you just start narrating what you see, right? With the emphasis being, okay, I noticed that this was the impact of your choice, but not in a judgmental way, right? We have to be very careful about the, the tone that we use because when we start to judge, again, we are inducing shame and it's gonna make it harder for your child to reflect and make better choices. So it's not about picking sides. It's not about you know deciding who's right and who's wrong and judging people for their actions, right? Again, going back to the last one, I'm just gonna assume if you knew better, you do better, okay? So that means that we just gotta work together now, okay? Uh, of course, it doesn't mean I'm gonna let it slide. I'm gonna ignore it. I'm gonna pretend like it didn't happen. 
I'm going to just coddle you. No, 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 no. It doesn't mean that, but it means, okay, I'm going to step up to the plate as the leader here and I'm going to guide you through this interaction because something's off. You, you just told me something, right? You gave me a lot of information through your behavior. So now I'm going to step in, okay, as the calm, confident leader that I am, and I'm going to guide you through this interaction, and I'm going to start by observing the impact of your choice, right, in a very non-judgmental way. And oftentimes, this stuff happens very fast, okay, and oftentimes, we make it go fast because we treat it like it's an emergency and we treat everything like it needs to just be shut down right now. It needs to stop, right? So when we this when we can learn to slow ourselves down, okay, take some deep breaths and slow ourselves down, we can te- we can create teaching moments in these in these uh, moments, <laughs> in these opportunities, whatever I'm trying to say, right? So um i see both of you are having a hard time it looks like you know it made sister mad when you knocked over the tower let's think this through right looks like you guys are both having a hard time i saw this happen and then this happened i'm gonna help you through this right i don't i don't know what the answer is just yet but we're gonna figure it out together that's the energy that you lead with and then oftentimes what happens when you create more space when you create more time for them to actually sit back and think, then they can think of whatever solutions they want to come up with, right? And you can pose it back to them. What do you think we should do about this, right? Hmm. And then oftentimes kids are very, very smart, right? They have the answers. And more and more, especially as your child gets three, four, five, six, seven, eight, they need to be coming up with the answers, right? Of course, when they're little, we're going to be help guiding them. Okay, I'm gonna help you build back the tower. Okay, I'm gonna help, right? I'm not gonna try to force you to build it back. I see that you made a mistake. I see that you're having a hard time. I'm not gonna give a lot of attention to this. I'm gonna help build it back. I'm gonna give attention to the other person and blah, 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 right? As they get older, they're gonna they're from your modeling they're gonna say oh okay i know what i needed to i need i know what i need to do i know how i can make this better i can start building the tower back right for example i'm just using that as an example right so you want to help them but you can just come at it with let's think this through okay instead of was that a good choice right or why did you do that it's okay i see everybody's having a hard time let's think this through and i'm gonna help you okay Next phrase, we are stopping in the new year. Next phrase, we are stopping in the new year is don't cry. Don't cry. It's okay. It's okay. Don't cry. Don't cry. You're upset. Don't cry. Oh, don't cry, baby. It comes from a place of love. I know it does, but we've got to stop saying this. Please hear me out, people. We got to stop saying don't cry. There is nothing wrong with some tears. There is nothing wrong with being sad, okay? And if your child learns to associate feeling their feelings sad, which everybody's going to feel, right? (laughs) Everybody feels um, uh, throughout life. If they start to associate those things with, oh my God, panic, I can't cry, I need to shut this down, this is bad, it's going to create even more inner turmoil. Okay, so why do we say it? Let me back up before I get on my tangent, right? Before I get on my soapbox. Why do we say it? We say it because we feel overwhelmed by their intense emotions. I'm going to say that again. 
we say stop crying because we get triggered by their intense emotions, right? Oftentimes it's hard to sit and see somebody else's pain and to sit with that right? Especially our child, right? We want to protect them. That's our instinct, right? Is to protect our child, right? Um, but oftentimes we mistake that instinct to protect them with the, with the urge to make them feel happy all the time. I actually just uh, did a class about this inside of my private membership, the mom sisterhood. We did a class on limiting beliefs. And one of the limiting beliefs that we have as parents is that I have to keep my child happy all the time, right? That that's my job. My job is to keep my child happy all the time. And that's not our job. Our job is to keep them safe and to protect them, but it is not to manage their feelings, right? And to control their feelings and to fix their feelings. And so when we say phrases like, don't cry, don't cry, right? We are trying to, in, in essence, manage their feeling, right? Fix that feeling that they're having. And we are sending the message that feeling sad is bad, right? Feeling sad is not safe. <laughs> we should not be trying to feel sad. And it, that's not the case, right? <coughs> it actually creates more suffering when we view our emotions in that way, right? Of course, we can work through our emotions. Of course, we can find coping skills, of course, we want to be processing and working through our emotions, but that is a very personal thing, right? That's not something that somebody else can do for us. And we as the parents can't do that for our child. We can give them the tools, we can give them the space, we can give them the support and the guidance, but this is not our process to take on, okay? So, <coughs> excuse me. So we feel overwhelmed, we want the, we want it to stop, and again, we feel like we're responsible for their feelings, and we take it like it's a failure, right? My child is upset, my child is tantruming, my child is whining, therefore I failed, therefore I'm messing up, therefore there's something about the way that I am in this situation that is not measuring up, and it means, th it means something about me, right? We make our child's feelings mean something about us. And sometimes, I mean, we could have said things nicer. Sometimes we do need to connect more with, a lot of the times we need to connect and lead with connection. But when our child is feeling a feeling, a lot of the times it has nothing to do with us, <laughs> right? And if we can separate that and not take those feelings on as our own and make it mean something about us right then we can think clearly and we can just sit with the feelings right instead of trying to always fix them so it backfires because it invalidates their emotional experience right and it makes them feel safe because not only do i have to deal with feeling sad or frustrated about something but now i feel alone in this feeling right i feel rejected by my primary caregiver right the person that i am turning to for comfort now I'm alone in this feeling and that's very scary and now I kind of feel confused about this feeling and I feel like it's bad that I'm even crying in the first place and now I just I'm I'm spinning out of control at this point right so it often just intensifies the feelings um and it makes them feel unsafe because now they're alone in their intense feelings right and then we start to get frustrated because how often does saying to somebody don't cry when they're crying really work right <laughs> like like they're just supposed to, like it's a switch that you just turn off right and you stop crying right 
And then so we get frustrated because we're like, it's not working, right? I'm trying to comfort you. I'm trying to say it's okay. I'm trying to, you know, whatever. And now you're not listening to me. And now I'm frustrated. And now I feel even more overwhelmed. Okay, so yeah, it's just all around. Uh, again, I understand why we say it, right? A lot of the times these are the phrases that were said to us as little ones, right? When we had intense emotions, it's very hard to sit with somebody's intense emotions. Uh, so I'm not trying to minimize this, right? It is very hard, like thinking about with our partner, right? Or a friend, the urge to fix somebody's feelings, to problem solve for them, to offer all these solutions, to comfort them by telling them it's okay and they don't need to cry or they don't need to feel upset the urge is strong right and really the more we can sit with our own feelings of discomfort the more we can you know help other people around us it is hard okay so I'm not trying to minimize this but it often backfires and it's often not what we really want right at the end of the day we want a deeper connection with our child so the way that we have a deeper connection with them is to just validate their pain validate their emotional experience even if it doesn't make a hundred percent sense to us right in that moment so you know i see you i see that you're feeling frustrated right now i see that you're feeling upset you're angry right you're sad whatever it is right i, I label those feelings for them um, you know, and they'll correct you if you're if you're off or you can, you know, ask them, did I get that right? But you're leading with that, right? That I see you and I understand what's going on for you and I'm here for you. I'm not going to try to fix your feelings. We can work through them together. I'm here to help you along the way, but I'm not trying to shut you down, right? I'm not trying to control this process for you. And that really lets children just soften up a bit and actually they calm down quicker. <laughs> That's the hack, okay? They actually end up calming down quicker. So one of the things that I love to say to my girls is I love you when you're happy. I love you when you're frustrated. I love you when you're mad. I love you when you're sad. I love you irregardless of your feelings. <coughs> and I'm here. The other thing I'll say is like, let it out. And that just helps my brain register that this is not a threat and that it's okay for them to feel whatever they're feeling and that they can get that out. Okay, so again, to reiterate, we are dropping the word, don't cry. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay, don't cry. Eh, it's gotta go. Okay, next one is stop doing X. So the phrase that we are gonna stop saying is, stop doing x you fill it in right stop running stop hitting your brother stop whatever stop jumping on the couch stop that right don't stop quit not all of those phrases we're gonna stop okay why do we say it we say it when we are feeling overwhelmed we say it when we are trying to run around and put fires out all day right that's a very tall tale sign that we are running around and we are putting fires out right we're going to one thing stop that stop that stop this don't do that la, la, la. right quit and i actually talk a lot about this in my free workshop make sure you go listen to it right after you listen to this episode because i go into depth about the negative cycle that we get in with our kids where we are putting out fires all day long and then we feel overwhelmed we feel exhausted we feel resentful and then our child just keeps doing the negative behaviors so, so i talk about that cycle and how to get out of that cycle but 
the reason why we say those things is because we're in that that negative cycle and it often backfires because these phrases are not instructive and it focuses on the negative behavior right so we are actually making it more likely that we are going to see that behavior again because we are focused on it um so it's like saying to somebody you know don't think about a pink elephant well now what are you thinking about right you're thinking about the pink elephant in the room so what you want to say instead is is what you want them to do so instead of stop running it's please use your walking feet right stop jumping on the couch it's please sit down on the couch right stop hitting your brother it's please use your gentle hands and then you know you're using your actions to teach the rest right oftentimes right often we need it's less about what we say and more about okay what are we going to do in that moment so in essence what you want to do is to start instructing them with your language right making sure that your language is very educational and specific okay so that you are guiding them through your language on what you want them to do differently in that moment okay so we're gonna drop the stop and the quit and the don't do that and we are going to focus on what we need them to do instead and then be very very clear and instructional in our language okay the next phrase that we are going to stop using is say you're sorry right your child has just made a mistake They've just done something that you wish they wouldn't have done. They've hurt somebody else, whether it's their feelings or their body. And your immediate thing is say you're sorry, right? Um, why do we say this? Well, we're shocked in the moment. A lot of the times we're embarrassed by what our child has done and we are upset by their choices, right? We're disappointed in our child for the choices that we make. And so we feel like we need to enact change. We need to help rectify their behavior. They need to rectify their behavior and saying sorry is the way that they're gonna do it, right? That's kind of the way we've been conditioned um, in culture, right? Is to, in American culture specifically, to think, um, to say, to apologize and to say I'm sorry when we make a mistake, right? And we want to feel as the parent that we are doing something that we are teaching our child a, a positive like uh, behavior in, in terms of when we make a mistake, apologizing for our mistake. And so we want to feel like we're doing something in that moment um, to rectify the situation. Now, why it backfires is it often induces uh, shame. So kids resist, right? When a child has made a mistake, often it's impulsive right they haven't thought it through and then when we immediately come at them with you know you need to say sorry then uh, all of a sudden they're like oh right like they feel shame um and so then oftentimes they resist or they um just give an empty i'm sorry right it's empty they don't really understand there was really no teaching there was really no action they had to do differently or anything that they had to do to rectify the situation other than say, I'm sorry. And so it kind of falls flat, right? And then everybody moves on. And then <laughs> once you know it, 10 minutes later, they're doing the same thing or a version of the same thing. So um, that's why it often backfires. So what to do instead? And I actually have a whole episode inside of my private community, The Mom Sisterhood, 
on why I don't believe in uh, forced apologies and what we can do instead as parents. Um, and actually, if you hop on the wait list to uh, my private community, which will be opening very soon, um, you can go to themompsychologist.com forward slash sisterhood, themompsychologist.com forward slash sisterhood to hop on the wait list and you'll get the free uh, episode just for hopping on the wait list. But I talk about in a lot of detail about, you know, why I don't agree with this and what to do instead. But I'll just say for for the purposes of this episode, you know, children are often taught the concept of apologies, but they're very empty, <laughs> right? Because a lot of the times too for kids, it's not even developmentally appropriate. They don't fully understand somebody else's perspective until around four or five. And so we're asking them to do something, I think, because we're trying to save face, right? Because we want to feel like we're doing something in the situation, that we're teaching our child something. So I understand why we do it, but we it's often empty, right? And it doesn't mean a lot. And so what I believe that we should do in, that, in those moments is to help our child understand the impact of their choices, right? Which we talked about earlier right helping them understand through our own observations in a non-judgmental way the impact of their choices right wow you did x and then this is how that made your friend feel or this is how it made brother feel and then guiding them through the action that they can take to rectify the situation okay so it's less about what they say it's less about apologizing and more about okay how can we take action to help that person feel better right can we offer them an ice pack can we grab them a band-aid can we get them a snack can we offer them a hug can we ask them what they need right so it's about guiding them through how to rectify the situation with their actions and for a lot of little ones they need this modeled for them before they can learn how to do this on their own and so a lot of times we're gonna have to be the ones to do that um, especially in the beginning as they are learning this so I don't I'm not a fan of just barking at our little ones to say say they're sorry because often they doesn't they doesn't really mean anything if they do say it or it just encourages a power struggle because what happens when they say no <laughs> then you're even more upset and uh, it's just it just gets really messy really quick right so instead focus on teaching them the actions that they can take to rectify the situation and helping them understand the impact of their choices so that they're more likely next time to think through the choices that they make because they're going to understand oh wait okay it's not just about me but my my choices have an impact on somebody else and so let me think through that so again they're they're learning this <laughs> they're still learning all of this especially for the little ones they are very self-focused they are very egocentric around this age right so it's very hard for them to step outside of themselves and what they want and their opinions and their needs and think about somebody else's perspective think about how their choices are going to impact somebody else that's a higher order level of thinking and so we can help them with that through our non-judgmental observation okay so i hope that this episode was helpful for you i hope that this kind of gave you some ideas of some phrases that you can stop again we're gonna stop saying say you're sorry we're gonna stop saying stop doing that 
We're going to stop saying don't cry. Was that a good choice or why did you do that? And use your words and okay. <laughs> um, let me know if you have any questions down below. Again, don't forget to watch my free discipline workshop called How to Get Your Child to Listen to You Without Yelling. Again, it's completely free and it's packed full of so much information on all things positive discipline. Um, and that's all I got for this episode. I'll see you in the next one. Bye.